Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. One on one on the edge. And they got a miss from Brown. Hollywood up to no good. Touchdown Sooners. I'm buying a 4-2. I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Low 4-2s. Hello and welcome to the first part of the week six edition of the Scooter Pod. That was a bit of a uh, a, bit, a bit of a, a bit of a mouthful, but this is a big week. It's OU Texas week. Texas hate week. It is Texas Hate Week. It, it, it is in full full, full force here. Uh, we're doing something a little different this week. We're starting with uh, just a, just a, our standard Baylor and pick talk. But because it's OU Texas, we're going to have a dedicated OU Texas special. So look look out um, look out for that later this week. It's also a big big day for Oklahoma. We're recording this on Monday. It's about dang time. It is. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, we're we're I'm relatively young. We're 22 and 23, but for like people that are like really dedicated alcohol drinkers to finally get their refrigerated high point craft beer, and I mean, you're kind of part of the people yeah. that are really into those craft beers. So now it's going to be a lot. I feel like there's going to be a lot more people that are going to be kind of uh, getting into those now. But there's also those groups of people that are really upset the three point beer is gone. Oh yeah, like I know people that went and bought out multiple thirty packs just because they don't know what they're gonna happen whenever their Bud Light's gone. Yeah, because they're gonna miss their their three two Bud Light. And what's funny about it is the people who are like, we finally get our six point Kurz Light when it's actually just been a euphemism this whole time. So it's actually just a 4% Coors Light. I know, and I feel like still people are going to be really like, oh, I can taste the difference. It gets me way more drunk and everything. They're going to get all worried about it. It's like nothing. It's like like hardly a percent. So anyways, uh, good good shout out to Oklahoma for the cold beer and, uh, and wine and grocery stores. Um, good good start for the, for the state. Hopefully it uh, carries over. So lots to talk about with this Baylor game. Um... Looks like OU kind of got the uh, got the ship kind of back on track. If you were tired, if you you were a little frustrated with the lack of offense, lack, lack of seeing it out there uh, against Army, it was far from lacking uh, against Baylor. Oh my gosh, I I feel like I kind of expected that coming because we finally got away from that. We we got more time of possession this game, and even though we don't need much time of possession because Baylor beat us again, yeah, it's still we're not getting the run ball the ball run us over and over and over and Charlie Brewer and Baylor and crew like to throw the ball a lot. Uh, my boy Denzel, AKA Chris Mims, uh, actually someone I really hyped in the preseason hadn't been doing too much. Uh, actually did very well versus us. I guess it's just more of a theme with, uh, Oh, you're not doing well versus tall wide receivers because of our six foot 
cornerbacks, but he had 11 catches, 114 yards, one touchdown. Jalen Hurd had over 100 yards, played a little bit of running back. We were pretty spot on with our uh, players to watch and what kind of to expect from this game. Yeah, we really had a great eye on this Baylor game, and you know, it kind of went the way I thought. I thought uh, I thought OU would look impressive, but Baylor would like kind of keep it not close, but just be really annoying with that spread line. They kind of were. Like threatened to cover for a little bit, but your guy Kennedy Brooks uh, wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah, I'm very, very happy with him. That that just two things that helped us cover, and the other thing is another kind of a dud that I thought from my big that he was my big sleeper. That was like my dark horse guy that was going to come out and do really well this year. Um, he had eight rushes, 107 yards, two touchdowns, and he finally showed why he could be RB two. Uh, Sutton wasn't out there for the second week in a row, yeah. so that kind of gave him some availability. And even though Pledger came out before him, Pledger only got a couple snaps, and then Kennedy Brooks took it over. So I don't know how much of this is legitimate, or it was just we were up so big we can kind of see what we can get from Kennedy Brooks. But he did everything he was supposed to do. Yeah, and it's, it's hard with OU's offense because I feel like every other year we have a, uh, we have, we have a, a, a tailback come in out of nowhere. You know, like the Roy Finch is the uh, um, try to who, who's that number eight we had? That, well, Rodney Anderson last yeah, year. Yeah, Rodney Anderson last year. Uh, we we uh, Damian Will, Williams, I think, kind of came on yeah. like a little late in, in his uh, big year. There's always just there's always like um, like 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 a back that blows up out of nowhere. I think Brooks could be that. I really hope so. Yeah, I think it kind of work. He does work a lot in my eyes, a lot better than Marcel. He saw him with the change of pace with Trey Sermon. Uh, Kennedy Brooks is a home run threat. He's not as good as behind, I mean, kind of just taking a snap out of the backfield and getting your three, four yards, your every down back. But he's a guy who can cut and make a 40-yard touchdown on you. And he's that home run threat, that big play that would be a pivotal spot in our offense, especially next to Kyler, who's also a very large home run threat right yeah. next to him. But uh, I don't know. With Sutton being out and him coming back, I don't know how much this pushes Kennedy Brooks' spot back or is, did Kennedy Brooks earn the QB, I mean the RB2 spot? So there's a lot to see, especially coming up from this weekend. We haven't heard much from our injury report because Coach Riley's under the weather right now, so they sent Kale Gundy to the, the Monday press conference, which was he didn't really have much to say, and he didn't really want to say much. You could tell that he was obviously told, do not say really anything. Uh, first yeah. question, Al Ashback was asking his injury question, and he pretty much blew him off saying, no, you always ask the injury questions. Well, it sounds like a Lincoln question. It, it, you he, know the Gundys are their media. <laughs> yeah, and there was one guy, actually, he's like, so your brother and everything did all this in, uh, in the media, so, and he kind of like, wanted Kale to say, like, are you going to be like your brother? Uh, he obviously wasn't like his brother, as we saw, but it was really trying to protect and not say too much and kind of wait till Lincoln gets back. It's probably just an upper respiratory infection, probably just just lost his voice, yelled too much. I don't know, but uh, we won't learn much of our injuries. Uh, ben Powers, he and Kenneth Mann were out last game. A surprise that, too. Yes, like they yes. they just showed up at the coin toss in, in short or in yes. uh, sweats. I, and that's I horrible. Out. That's two of your captains right there. And, and those are huge parts. And luckily we have a pretty deep offensive line. We can move a lot of people over, but our defensive line is quite slim. So Kenneth Mann is a huge leader on our defense. And so whenever Lincoln talked post game about it, he didn't seem 
to give us any good signals that they'd be back sometime soon. He gave us no timetable, but he didn't say like, "Oh, they'll be good for this week." Yeah, they it, and it's that's just been the uh, OU strategy since Stoops. Uh, they never really give a ton of injury info. That's kind of why Al asks the first question pretty much every time about injuries because kind of I think it's kind of like a joke. He's because they yeah. don't really say anything about it. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of, I mean, because Man was out, we got to see a lot more Ronnie Perkins, which we haven't seen in a long time. Another guy we really hugely uh, hyped up preseason. He's showing out. He had two sacks. He really got in the backfield really well. Um, he's shown that he's a really good pass rusher, and that's something that's a good sign with your true freshman. I feel like with defensive linemen, defensive ends that can show good pass rushing as a young talent, that run coverage is gonna really. That, that's what you get with more maturity. Your um, run stoppers are typically more older guys because they know how to fill the holes and make the correct reads. But his talent is there, and he's shown us nothing but good things. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think Perkins' stock went a little low because he hasn't really popped up much. But I'm, I'm, I'm putting, I'm selling, I'm buying, 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 baby, on that. But that was a little corny. Yeah. That's okay though. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> hey, hey, it's all right with Ronnie Perkins. I mean, he, he, ha- he is definitely uh, someone to hype up about. And someone that I really hype up every single week finally came back and had himself a game and got some playing time. Charlie and defense, too. Yes, they actually, I guess, I don't know, I guess someone's listening to It's not just me is the thing. All the media is so high on Trey Brown. And it makes you think, is there something that we don't know in the practice that's kind of hush-hush, that's making it where they like Norwood more? But Trey Brown got a decent amount. I, I mean, I can't. I don't have numbers in front of me, but I would guess he had about 50% of the snaps. He had four pass breakups. That was the most on the team. Uh, I was very pleased with his play. And to be frank with you, I actually liked how Houghton played last game, too. Yeah, that, that tackle he had where he just yeah. really, he really uh, sped up and just... I mean, perfect form tackle. I was impressed. With, like, well, not just that that highlight. He just looked like he knew what, yeah. what he was doing. I gotta give it up, you know, to to Khalil there. Yeah, impressive. he had eleven tackles, and the guy we're we're calling for Bar- Robert Barnes the whole time, and he's finally healthy. And he got he got some playing time, but Khalil Houghton, as soon as he knew that Robert Barnes is good to play, he turned it back up. So I don't know if I, after that game, it's not time to call for Khalil Houghton's head. No. I mean, we, we must not forget that he did have a couple really, really poor games. But uh, we know that Robert Barnes is available, too. And if he has someone right on his caboose, and maybe he'll push him to be a little better and make those extra plays and not just watch a receiver run to the end zone. Yeah, it's it, it, it's a plus. And it's one of those things where, you know, as the season goes on, your defense is going to mature a bit. Well, we... <laughs> We really uh, took a quick pivot to defense, despite the fact we had a 66-point game. We just... It, just you know, that's just kind of how it is. You you get bo- you get a, it gets a weirdly boring talking about Kyler Murray blowing up a defense every week because that's just kind of what he does. Yeah, and but it's just another, uh, just another monster game for the guy. Uh, what, what was it? Seven or no? Did he have six? Was he had six, six, six passing touchdowns and one rush. Okay, so he tied the the school record. Yes, with Baker in the Texas Tech game, which was an uh, just an abomination of a game. I I'm still. I'm still upset. I, I went to that one. It, one of the just a disaster in Lubbock, um, but that's okay. Kyler Murray, though, what a, what a game! What a game! Yeah, the best QBR in the nation, not just OU in the nation since 1996. 348 QBR, really close to a good number there. Uh, 231 QBR for the season season right now, and if you go look at every single Heisman quarterback. Since 2003, since Jason White, 
that is better than every single one, including Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield had the best QBR in pretty much the history of college football. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. The, the fact that there really hasn't been a drop-off from one of, one of if not the best quarterback in OU history is, is just wild. But I think... I think if you really look at it, a lot of um, a lot of Kyler's yards come from these. Just uh, pardon the baseball pun, because I know you're probably everyone's probably sick of hearing about Kyler Murray in baseball at this point. But they're all home run plays. Mm-hmm. You just get the ball out to uh, Hollywood Brown or Ceedee Lamb, both of which had monster games, and they're just going to outrun everyone in the damn field. And I think that part of it is is because you kind of got a threat in both sides of the field that it really opens it up. And you get a lot of single man coverage. And there's that one play that Hollywood that just juked him right out of his shoe and just took him right to the house. Like, like if you make one move and you get past him, whether that be when you catch the ball off or after the catch or before the catch, you're gone because you can't double cover anybody. And if you keep a high safety, we can throw it under. We have we have a decent run game, and especially with a really good offensive line, that our offense is so you don't know what to expect from it and you have the best play caller on offense in the nation there's really no one has really figured out a way to stop us and the only really way we've seen so far is to keep our defense on the field <laughs> exactly and i mean it's it's crazy how these these home run touchdowns are, are nuts we had uh, i mean six of them were six of uh, all of the touchdowns were over 30 yards and we had two 50 plus yard touchdowns we really just the, the, the defense just can't get off the field because their offense won't stay on it. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and I I don't know, Bobby, about you, but are we we talked we kind of hint talked about it in the past weeks, but I understand Kyler Heisman talk is there, but is it legitimate? I think it has to be. I don't. I, there's a lot of the people I talk to are a little worried that they won't give it to the same you know school twice. I I I think that's kind of whatever. Um, but but the real the really it's it's a it's him or two or Tua. If uh yes. if OU keeps winning, they keep staying in this playoff conversation. I don't see how you can say no to a guy with that production. Um, I I like Tua. I think he's okay. I don't think he's really I don't know played a lot of great teams. He, he, sure, you can tear up you know Louisiana for a quarter and then you know go rest. But I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I'm not sold on him just yet. I'm also absurdly biased, though. Well, I think um, it's. I'm kind of excited to watch Tua for the rest of the season because everyone's gonna hype him and everyone says, "Oh, he's really, really good because he's an SEC," but he really hasn't played SEC. Yeah. But uh, the good thing is, if the SEC defense is as good as everyone hypes it up to be, there is no chance that he can keep on putting up the numbers that Kyler's going to in a Big Twelve defense. Definitely not. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just it's gonna slow down. He can't. He can't. I don't think he can keep that up. If he can, that's impressive. But it really boils down to the question of is is the Heisman most valuable? I know in their mission statement, which I, I don't okay. really I don't really like look at it much. It's it does it has less uh, emphasis on value and more about the best player. However, I don't really know if Alabama would be doing that bad if they had Hurts or. Uh, yeah. Well, when Hertz goes in, they still do great. Because, I mean, Tua only played, you know, he was 8 for 8 last game, two touchdowns. They literally have a running back in there. Yeah. <laughs> and they're fine. And then they just bring in Jalen Hurts, and he just does his thing, and then they keep on running up score 1 by 50 every single week. I mean, he even after last week, current odds came out. Odd Shark, uh, I don't know how legitimate this is. I mean, pretty decent. Uh, Kyler was at plus tree 50. 
and uh, Tua was at minus 105, and everyone else was kind of irrelevant yeah. for odds. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much straight odds for Tua to win the Heisman and at this point in the season. That's early, but uh, th- that's what they were like with, um, uh, oh shoot, guy from Penn State, why am I blinking? Uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. They were, they were anointing him Heisman pretty pretty early, actually. Oh, yeah, they were. But, but then, it, and then, then he went to 10 carries, 22 yards. He, there really wasn't much they could do. I don't what, see something with that with, like, Tua. No. But, what do you think of Haskins? Do you think he has a has a shot? I really, really liked Haskins. Uh, they came out versus Penn State, and I was disappointed with Ohio State. Dirty's lock of the week once again lost. It was that was uh, that was that was the de- that was just a just a devil of a game right there. Yeah, we not only did Ohio State win, but they didn't even like cover. And and they won very sloppily, and you could tell they played horribly. I thought Penn State played pretty decent, aside from the fact they probably should have won the game from some bad play calling. God, uh, but, off, what was that zone read? I I still can't get over it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, Franklin is really, really upset at himself for it, which he should be. But Haskins, I liked him a lot. I really liked his decision-making. He didn't... I really wanted him to go out in a big game of Penn State and just blow up the seam, which I thought he would. And I thought he'd be that third name in the pool of the Heisman. But he... You don't see his name in the tabloids now. You don't see his name in the articles. He doesn't have too much hype. He's just kind of there, and it's just a two-man race with the Heisman. I really wish I could say that I thought much of Heisman for uh, Haskins, but I, I'm not buying right now. I think it's still really early to call it. Um, I it, it's I feel like uh, everyone's midseason Heisman never it, it, it always turns out pretty different, but we'll see. It's it's going to be a really fun Heisman race between uh, Kyler and Tua. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to see it. Um, back on our offense, I think. I, I, who was your LVP for this week? Because I think it's kind of easy. I I went with Calcaterra. Oh yeah, his draw. Yeah. Even though he had the touchdown, he had some just gnarly drops. Yeah, I'd say Calcaterra is definitely a good one. My other thought on that was uh, just the offensive line as a whole. I didn't really see too much good with them, but they have an excuse of Ben Powers. So back on Calc. Calc draw. I think he had two drops. Yeah, and you can tell he's really self conscious about getting hit. There's a couple where he like he heard the footsteps. Yeah. And right before and he dropped it real quick. And whenever you got a really good passing attack and you have that reputation, people are gonna play coverage on you like that and you're gonna have to take some hits when you catch the ball. And as a tight end especially, not as a wide receiver, but as a tight end you need to be able to make those catches where you uh, where you get hit right after. And that's something that Mark Andrews is really good at because he was a big body and it felt like people just kind of bounced off of him. Calc's a little bit more leaner, yeah. a little bit more fast and everything, and that maybe not might not be his game to catch in traffic. But that's what we need him to be because if he wants to be a down-the-field kind of end-zone threat, we have plenty of that already. Oh, yeah. No, of course. And I think the biggest issue I have with Capitari is he has Kendrick Perkins hands. Oh my god! He's got he's got the Kendrick Perkins early <laughs> early start, uh, Serge Ibaka hands where he just can't catch anything. It's... Oh, I completely forgot how bad that was. Oh Kendrick god. Perkins rock hands. The... Man. <laughs> I love Perk, but God, that was that was very frustrating. We're a big Perkins <laughs> podcast here. Uh, we 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 stump for Kendrick, but big vanity fans. Big big vanity fan. We uh, <laughs> new podcast uh, the Vanity Watch is a. Uh, it's coming on uh, Monday, next Monday. How to, how to fight your nail salon person. Oh, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to be analyzing all the best techniques on that. Uh, Kendrick Perkins and his Gatorade tossing technique. It'll be great. 
uh, how to sit on the opposing team. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that that'll be after uh, that'll of course be after our Nanad segment. So how can you not love Kendrick? As a little side note, I talk about the Thunder on this, but like. How can you not love Kendrick Perkins? Oh, you can't. He's, he's awesome. He's, Big Perk was one of the... Well, I guess you had to watch him for four years. Uh-huh. That That's one way to do it. But the guy was so lovable. Well, and that was talking uh, talking thunder. Uh, <laughs> okay, another... Okay, so one when, other thing that we really, really get into every single week and is becoming a theme, Beamer Ball. Again. It was lit. <laughs> We had Big Beamer there. Big Beamer was on the sidelines. Yeah, Frank showed up. I was That was pretty awesome. Apparently, he's... Uh, he was going to go to OU Texas too, but he has he has a statue dedication. Yeah. Oh. Oh well. I, I'm sure he could be okay with that. I just I, I love Frank Beamer showing up to these things and yeah. I I'm 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 a big Beamer ball guy. I'm still yeah, waiting. Jameson Jameson started this Beamer ball train yes. like way back in the day. So I, I I'm still waiting on a kickoff return for a touchdown. I I thought we had had one by now. I'm kind of disappointed with that. But uh, we got a muff punt. That's a turnover. That's a big play that got us a touchdown. Whenever we thought that. We came out kind of eh to begin the game. You punt it, they muff it. We get a touchdown, and then we start running. That's that's all we need, especially whenever we came out with Austin Kendall. Oh, yeah. That, we haven't talked about that yet. I didn't really write too much notes on it, but Austin Kendall just looked very meh, and you could really tell that uh, everything we prepared for and uh, everything, just our chemistry, was just kind of off. It just kind of just didn't look like he fit into our offense. Yeah. And I don't know if that's enough for me to go dog on Kendall. I mean, I think he's a very competent quarterback. And I was thinking pre-game, I know this is absolutely outrageous, but if he was everything that he was made up to be, being so close to Kyler, if he came out and just led the ball down the field, how long was it going to take for Kyler to get back in the game? Oh, I think they're going to put him right back in. His, his job was to just show up and not screw up, and you could kind of tell. Uh, I mean, the second they technically got a new possession, they're like, yeah, let's stick Kyler back in. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't know you could advance a fair cat, fair caught muffed punt. You can't. It, it didn't advance. No, it, it, that's what I was saying. I oh, didn't yeah. know you couldn't advance it. Cause yeah, I, it's the same thing with the onside kick rules. Okay. I, I, see, I, I knew the onside thing. I didn't know you, I didn't know it was the case with, with muffs though. I, I don't know. Oh, the whole stadium, all the gooners in the stand got so excited and I was like, all right, They, all right, they put the touchdown graphic uh, up too. Oh yeah, they did. But I, I was sitting there I was like, that, we can't advance them up punt and everything. But I mean, there's, I mean, the crowd got pretty crazy after that. Beamer ball is definitely something to look forward to. And uh, we've had it every single week almost except for one so far. Yeah, that's so, true. So I'm looking forward again with Texas this week and hopefully we can see it. Yeah, no, I, I would love some OU Texas Beamer ball like that. That's the type of, I feel like, little 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 OU Texas divot here, little sprinkle of OU Texas in your Baylor pod, but I feel like special teams are something that always changes that game. Uh, remember in 08, the, uh, I think they tried it, the, the, the fake punt. Oh, that yes. That went just awful. Yes. That no. completely changed that game. Oh my god. It, it, it's, 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 it's one of those things that can completely change a rivalry game, so... If we had, if we had some Beamer ball at Magic on our side, I I I would be pretty pretty pumped about that. Yeah, this would be a great time to go return a kickoff. That how about that? How about we return the opening kickoff for a touchdown? That'd oh be gosh. nice. That would be that, that'd be awesome. I, Trey Brown returning the kickoff to start it off. If we had beer in that stadium, I'd go nuts. It would be <laughs> oh, it would be incredible. It's like a uh, like a OU Ohio State. There was beer in the stadium. People just beer shower. Oh my god! Oh my god! Someone, After the someone, mar- someone threw their margarita up in the stands. <laughs> oh and my god! It, and like it came up. It was in a plastic cup, and it stayed in. And I caught it. 
and it was one of the most amazing things ever. Oh my gosh! But it was it was so hype because I didn't get showered with margarita and wasn't sticky for the rest of the game. We just and made got a margarita. <laughs> yeah, kind of a free margarita. I don't know if you would have drank it. Well, here's a real here's a real question. What was your what was a more athletic feat? Catching the margarita or hitting 10, uh, 10 threes against or no ten getting ten points against OCS. Oh, uh, ten points. The whatever. ten points. Okay, it was it was in one half. I didn't play for the rest of the second half. Let that you don't have down. to mention that part. <laughs> but it was ten points in one half. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a, I had a couple good plays in that game. But uh, my days are behind me. Yeah. I, I think I think uh, I think the mar- I think the margarita catch is more realistic for. Uh, for my athleticism I know. currently it, nowadays. It would be on your, <laughs> it would be on your one shining moment of uh of great athletic moments for sure. I, I I'm all And about I was that. on the front row. If that would have missed, it would have gone all over the bench right in front of me. So I also I was a savior, not to brag. Uh, not not to brag. <laughs> just 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 nothing thank you for your service, Jameson, for for catching that. I uh don't need to mention this, but I almost just had a Jim Traber moment and fell over in my chair. <laughs> it was terrifying. <laughs> One thing on Jim Traber for again. Ah! I, I said, I, oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh god! One thing about uh, the whole Tiger Woods. I know this is side, but Jim Jim Traber. Some guy called into the air and's like, "Hey Traber, I'm gonna take this off the air. Uh, how hard was it to get the foot out of your mouth after Tiger won that <laughs> tournament?" And Tiger and, and Traber proceeded to call him a heartless amoeba, a guy who could never get a wife for the rest of his life. <laughs> Called him Yardbird, which is just expected. But, uh, just the but, standard yard. It was more than the standard Yardbird package. Oh, uh, Major League Yardbird. Oh but uh, but I I love Traber altogether. Uh, I actually think he's a very realistic call person. Uh, I think a lot of people dog him, and a lot of, especially all of the wives that listen to the sports animal of husbands hate him. Oh yeah, and that's uh, understandable because he's kind of absurd. But I mean, I like the man. I like Traber. He's just hilarious to make fun of. All right, well, that is enough for that OU Baylor game. We were closing the book on it. Uh, I thought I thought it was a pretty good game. I was impressed with the Brewer kid. Yes, he's very tough. I really liked how he stuck in the pocket, even whenever he took that hit from Caleb Kelly. The you know? beginning, getting broken in half. And was... how about how about one thing? How about Caleb Kelly? Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Okay, just uh, what was it? His uh, third game playing, so he has yes, one left. I, I think he has one more because there was a game that Mead came in before him. So it's very That's weird right. why Brian Mead was coming in. But it makes you think. You got he's with the four game redshirt rule. He's got one more game to come in. And if you get one more game, you can't play for the rest of the season. Yeah. I don't think after last game we are going to risk not having this man for this quality of a team. No. I think we realize how good Kyler is, and we need everyone on deck, even if we don't play Caleb Kelly that much, to be frank. Yeah, well, I'm all in for pissed off Caleb Kelly. Like, he, this is this is a Caleb Kelly... If he plays with that energy, I would. Oh my gosh, I'd love to see him. Out Two there. sacks and five tackles in just what the fourth quarter. Yeah, it, like that was impressive. And and the thing is with him, if he's gonna play, let's start getting rotation at the linebacker position. Like we said last pod, we have a deep defense. They hyped up the deep defense, but we do not rotate worth crap. Right? Uh, yeah, and they need to start. They do need to start rotating, even though like it, it's hard to. The problem is it's hard to pull either Buzzy Bolton or. Uh, or Kenneth Murray out of there because they're both doing so well. Yeah, another the, gr- monster game for both of them. And they're both putting up absurd. They're both in the teens and tackles again. And I understand, but that's just showing you how much that we're playing those men. I mean, like, that's got to take a toll. I mean, wouldn't you think? I mean, Bolton taking a couple snaps out and coming back fresh wouldn't be a little bit helpful. Oh yeah, I know. I like. I think that'd be very helpful. Like I, 
especially with how long that defense is on the field, just rotate your guys. Yeah, I Did you finally agree. kill that fly? He's yeah, been around no, here for this, like this, this entire time. He's been miserable. I caught him. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I'm ready for it to chill out a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for fall. I'm totally done this summer. But, yeah, so. Caleb now we're done with. Oh, I, wait, what? No, Caleb Cole, I don't think we're red shirt, but two things before. I really, really want to talk about it. I know we've been going long on this. Oh, no, but, that's fine. But we got eyes. This weekend. Cruden Corner. And you know me, I'm really big on recruiting. That's my favorite thing, OU football. Giving you all my little insight of what I think it is. So I hinted last week, uh, I went really quickly, of our visitors. Kenny McIntosh, that's uh, the Miami legacy running back guy. I don't think the eyes are him. He came out, uh, he responded to a gooner on Twitter saying uh, that he is definitely coming back for another visit. So that shows you more that he really really likes it and he's probably going to extend more of his decision making in the process shout out to the gooner for the investigative journalism <laughs> so yeah he had the, a gooner actually got a response from a recruit so i guess gooners keep on kind of tweeting at the recruits don't dog on them but... it's, it's really a monumental moment in history that a, <laughs> a, a tweet at a recruit actually ended up being positive so yes yay i guess the eyes that i want it to be the most though jordan battle the safety out of fort lauderdale uh, goes to high school with Jaden Davis, our cornerback commit. Jaden Davis, Kenny McIntosh, and Jordan Battle, I think, are all friends. I think they all came together because they're all Southern Florida guys. But we also had another uh, visitor for that 2019 class, and it was Finley Felix. He's a Juco tackle. Nothing really special about him. But the TFB post pretty much said, yeah, it's going to be who you guys it's quote unquote it said it is the one that you most likely believe it to be that was very cryptic so um the most likely believe it to be would be felix because he all had his crystal balls beforehand going to oklahoma but the most one you'd want it to be would be jordan battle uh pre the game brandon drum put his crystal ball to OU for jordan battle and after the game, with an eye, you would expect all the people who had inside info, because pretty much all the experts know pretty much who these recruits are. They just can't say. Yeah. They want the recruits to have their moment. But yeah, gotta they, get that they'll, video still, they'll still put the crystal balls in. And uh, no influx of crystal balls happened right after. I don't subscribe to the where I can see them, but they show you the percentages, you know? And so you can kind of figure out, like, oh, if he was 100% Texas before this and now he has 12% OU, obviously whoever just put in this crystal ball, that's their prediction. Yeah, you that's know? something, there's something to... So another one came in for Jordan Battle. There's two now. Okay. Uh, some guy named Roach, I think, I don't know. I've oh, never I, heard of I... him. But, uh, but nothing really after other than the one Jordan Battle crystal ball. So... Most likely it's Finley Felix. He said he wanted to extend his recruiting. He doesn't want to commit too early. But I think all of the recruits that came out this week and were so stunned of the whole environment and obviously watching the offense and how awesome it was that I think he pretty much said, yeah, I'm committing, but hang tight. I'm probably not going to announce it for a little while. Yeah. That's now three silent eyes that we haven't heard from. And that's kind of like what Buki did when he was at Nebraska. Is he uh, he uh, T.J. Pledger like, drug him out to – well. Drug him out to Norman for a visit. It fell in love with the place. Basically, silent committed to OU, but was just going to wait. Uh, wait until he wanted to talk to, I guess, Nebraska, and then he Thank God he there. didn't go to Nebraska. He yeah, didn't. God, that was... What I did. Well, more on that dumpster <laughs> fire later. But yeah, no, I, I like that. That sounds like good news 
Jason. Yeah, I yeah, and, and that. that's good. Our 2019 class is coming to complete. We have three eyes. Hopefully, a couple of them are 2019. I suspect two of them are 2020. To be yeah. honest with you, um, probably the two silent ones before 2020s. And then the last rumor that's going around, uh, Kelly Bryant. He is the Clemson quarterback from last year. He's decided he's going to redshirt and uh, let Trevor Lawrence, freshman quarterback, be the starter for Clemson. There's a whole lot of rumors going around with really no backing to it, but OU's name's getting thrown around for Kelly Bryant. I don't like it. I don't think he fits into our system. He doesn't fit into a spread system. He didn't show anything to where he'd be a really good passer in the Lincoln-Riley offense. I really didn't think he was that good anyways. Um, he needs to go to a more familiar system to him, uh, try SEC. Yeah, I, he needs to go to the SEC, honestly. Like, um, I, I I didn't hate uh, Kelly Bryant. But I don't. I don't think he, he he would get torn up in this league. I, I think know. it's just not for him. So, yeah, I'm. I think it's probably probably best he's not here. But but no backing behind it. This is just um, skeptic, uh, spectic stuff. Whatever I can't think of the word. Perspective. But yeah, yeah. So uh, just people just kind of just throwing around stuff. But I guess we can move on from that. We um, go on to our picks. The picks. Yes. Um, I don't think we really calculated. How we did last week? I, 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 I was pretty much probably straight five hundred. I, I think ugh. that's what I was too. My team, my Stanford team, let me down. Uh, there was a lot of hype with Notre Dame. Everyone picking Notre Dame. That was smart. Uh, showed up. Ian Book did really well versus Stanford. Uh, I just really wanted to stick with my dark horse playoff team. Kind of sad about that. I got OU the cover, so if I'm picking OU right, I'm kind of happy. Um, I'm still in last place, most likely, so whatever. Yeah, well, well, you got, I guess, uh, tune in to that article, uh, to the Friday spread on, well, Friday, whenever, uh, whenever that comes up. Um, but anyways, let's look at this week. Uh, really weak week. Really, really, really weak week of football here up ahead. Um, and what a week to do it on! Whenever we're obviously not going to watch any. Pretty I'm pretty much. okay. I'm very okay with it. It was just kind of annoying to uh, compile non-Big Twelve games because, I mean, shoot, we have Nebraska on here. Um, let's dive into the uh, game that probably the probably best non-Big Twelve game on this list: uh, LSU at Florida. Um, both are ranked. I I don't really. Florida got a big win. Against uh, Florida, Mississippi yeah, State. big win in Starksville. I, I, Mississippi State is they're they're just they're just, I, they're just a they're SEC okay. team that's middle of the ground. They'll get some rankings. Well, Dan Mullen knows how to beat them too. Yeah, and exactly. But um, yeah. So the uh, them Tiger boys heading out heading down to the swamp, heading out heading down to Florida. Um, they are favored by three. I don't really I. I I kind of thought they would take a bit of a step back eventually. Joe Burrow definitely doesn't look like the quarterback we uh, we saw against Miami. He's still serviceable though. I um, I think this is a huge upset potential. I just think I just think LSU squeaks out a good win here. Probably gets a seven point, um, probably like a seven ten point game. I I think it's going to be a bit of um, a bit of a nail biter in the. Uh, Bit of nail biter in the swamp, but yeah, I think it's your two thirty SEC game again. Yeah, that is just kind of the uh, LSU though. Uh, I doubted them versus Auburn, and they really proved it to me there. But last week, I kind of said I feel like LSU is going to trip up, like you said, for someone. I thought Ole Miss, Ole Miss was a team that could kind of do that. They've got firepower with AJ Brown as their wide receiver. 
Um, they got a decent offense and everything, and LSU really, really humbled them last week. And that really impressed me. Uh, I'm not too high on Florida. Florida's just your team that's just going to be defensively sound. You're going to have your star players, but they're really not going to put the pieces together. I think LSU is a pretty good pick in this game. Um, I'm not going to lock it, but uh, I think that uh, LSU gets the minus three on this one. Yeah, I, I, I think LSU is just one of those teams that's just ready to collapse. Uh, next up, we got uh, got Notre Dame at VaTech. Uh, Virginia Tech, like, they crawled their way back on in to the uh, top 25 here, uh, despite just a completely, completely embarrassing uh, uh, loss to Old Dominion. Um, they got a good win against Duke. So now the ACC... Um, they they kind of they kind of pulled a Florida here, you know. They haven't looked impressive, but they beat the last team that was ranked in the mid twenties. So now they're the new mid twenties ACC team. Um, but Notre Dame, yeah, another tough, another kind of tough game. Blacksburg is always hard to win in. Uh, who do you think? Who do you think is going to win this one? All right, my write up. I already did my write up. Actually, no, I haven't submitted it, so I'll put it in. But let's screw it. Uh, Dirty's Lock of the Week's been pretty poor, but let's put it on this one. Notre Dame, you beat my Stanford Cardinal. Uh, they, they were my dark horse uh, um, playoff team, but check this out. Here's my take now. Notre Dame has the best shot in all of college football to make the college playoffs. Oh, of course. They have a systematic advantage. Uh, there's no doubt they don't have to play their championship game, and they played all of their hard games already. And Virginia Tech's quarterback broke his leg, so let's not forget about that. Uh, in Notre Dame, Ian Book, their quarterback, they made a quarterback change, and it has gone flawlessly. Like, he looks good. And I think Notre Dame won by, like, 21 versus Stanford, and Stanford is a good team. Let's not forget that. Yeah, I think, I, I really think Stanford kind of ran out of gas. They've had a lot, they've had a kind of tough early schedule. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Notre Dame, unfortunately, probably is for real. And it's good, I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to having to hear people talk about them all season long because I do still think they're overrated maybe I'm just you know tinfoil hatting this one but I don't I don't think the Irish are that good I'm I, I, I'm gonna die on this hill I'm going with the uh, Vatek to cover five and a half there you go I, I, just, I, I'm this, dying on the, that hill good that's good because I hope that happened because it's scary to think Notre Dame winning out you know it's a disaster scenario and, for and everyone SEC would have to get their two teams in you know, and that leaves one for the Big Ten, ACC, and Big Twelve, Pac twelve. Yeah, it, it it would be an absolute disaster. I really hope that they want to do two SEC teams and an independent. I I think Georgia's going to lose though. I I'm not I'm not big on Georgia. They've looked really kind of rough in what they so far. I think they're I think they're missing uh, Sony Michelle and um, but that and Swift kid is still good. Swift, Swift is good, but they went from having three just stud backs to just one. That's true. But have you have you watched? Uh, Evander Holyfield's Oh my kid. god, the Holyfield kid is crazy. Yes. Okay, I forgot about him, damn it. <laughs> uh, okay, well, yeah, Georgia probably is going to win the um, East, but I, I gotta say, watch out for the Kentucky Wildcats. That uh, brings hop, us... Hop on, hip, hop on the Kentucky train. That brings us to my lock of the week here. Uh, Kentucky's going down the... Uh, or going over to College Station, number 13 Kentucky. Wild, wild thing. It's not even... I, I thought basketball season was over. Um, but they're going to College Station. Anum's favored by six and a half, which I think is a little high. But I think betters will just see. Oh, Kentucky! What are they doing here? Um, I got the Wildcats. One of my one of my big big um kind of. I don't I don't know if we picked Kentucky last week, did we? No. 
Well, I, I it was a good game for South Carolina. I, 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 I my my personal lock was Kentucky um, minus one. I thought Kentucky was going to. I was like, oh yeah, they're just going away. I'm going to pick them. Uh, I think they, I think they keep they keep the ball rolling here. I really like this. Uh, I really like this back of there. Is the uh, what, what's Benny his name? Snell. Benny Snell Jr. Uh, yeah, I I think he's for real. I don't think he's a Heisman threat or anything, but I think Kentucky wins it, keeps it rolling one more week, and uh, gets a big win here in College Station. Yeah, Benny won SEC Newcomer of the Week last week, so uh, that was a good side. Kentucky's really, really impressed me. Uh, it's crazy to think that they're the third team in the SEC right now. Uh, not by ranking, but by sheer record. Yeah, I'm not talking about uh, Auburn being in front of them, you know. That's but, oh God, uh, that's ridiculous. But uh, it's been really impressive, and I've been really, really pleased with how Kentucky did. And I and I cheer for Kentucky because the Stoops connection. Yeah. So it's I I like seeing Kentucky do well, and it's really easy team to cheer for. But I've got this weird feeling that A and M's going to beat them here and kind of just bring them back. Uh, six and a half is a really enticing line to take. That's Vegas daring you to take it. It is a tasty treat, but and, I know I'm just gonna fall into that trap. Yeah, and I and and I feel like they just want more A and M better so they can get more Kentucky back on. But uh, I Kentucky looked good for South Carolina. A and M looked bad last week versus Arkansas. But it's in College Station, and even though it's easy to make fun of Aggies, it's foolish to say that College Station isn't a good environment. And look what they happened with Clemson. Like they actually played a pretty dang game and uh, pretty, pretty dang game game, <laughs> pretty dang good game in College Station versus Clemson versus a team that I was really big on at that point. I think A and M wins by about fourteen in this one and kind of surprises some really hyped Kentucky people like you. I could see that. I, I honestly, I know I'm a sucker here. I know I, I know Kentucky's probably going to completely fall fall apart on Saturday. However, I don't know. It's I think it's more fun to just ride on the big blue train. Well, this is a game not because it's good, but because we just kind of wanted to talk about Nebraska. But Nebraska at Wisconsin, uh, Badgers are favored by 21. What What is going on with Nebraska? I, kn- I knew they would be bad. I didn't think they'd be 0-4 bad, though. Exactly. And especially with a coach like Scott Frost uh, coming from UCF. Uh, when you have a national champion coach coming to your oh, team. Oh, God. Uh, you'd think that you'd do really, really well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 0-4 now. Last week they lost to Purdue. And after that loss, Scott Frost went to the podium and completely just went at his team. Just talked about how embarrassed with how like poorly they are doing. And he just snapped. Because he's been getting a lot of the bad rap in the news because it's saying, what's Scott Frost doing? He should be the cure-all of everything. And... To be honest, I, coaching is very big in college football. Not, I mean, it's bigger than NFL, but you can't just coach your way. You have to have the players to go. And, but the sheer respect that you have for Scott Frost, like if if someone came in as a coach in the post game and completely dogged their players for an 0-4 team, most of the time it would derail the season and everything would come to crap. But it's just Scott Frost we're talking about, and there's obviously some respect from their uh, from that team right there. And you're playing against a Wisconsin team, Wisconsin minus 21. And even though it's at Wisconsin, well, it's a tall order for a Wisconsin team to win by 21. 
and Nebraska needs to bounce back, and they will bounce back at least sometime this season. I think that they won't win this game, but I think they're going to see some fire from them, and I think that they're going to bring their um, the best they can. And if the best they can is not going to beat Wisconsin, but I think it'll keep it close. I say Wisconsin wins by 13. Okay. Like, give, me, give me Nebraska, even though Nebraska is an absolutely unbearable. Uh, like, it's very, very hard to watch their games, and they could easily lose this game by 35-42. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say, screw Let's see what Nebraska can give it. Yeah, you know, I, I think it is one of those, I, and they're they're going to they're going to run into this a lot where they just kind of have to to put it uh, to put it undelicately. They just have to nut up. Um, this is just I don't think this is going to happen though. At, at Camp Randall, it's I guess kind of a rivalry. They have a trophy. Yes, it is. Uh, Nebraska's rivalries are dumb. I'm just going to say that right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's sad because they don't have too much history. It, with exactly. That's it. Feels so shoehorned, like. They're like, oh, Iowa likes corn too. You'll be, you'll be friends. It'll be great. <laughs> there um, it is. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly. And, uh, the only, the only good one is the uh, broken bits of chair trophy with Minnesota, and that I like is that. kind of a joke. <laughs> That's funny. I, I love that, and I love that they brought it back. Um, I, I don't think it happens here. I think, I think Wisconsin rolls over them. Camp Randall is just a tough place to play. Do you know why it's called Camp Randall? By the way. Yeah. It actually was an old Civil War camp, like a like a like a fort. They built on top of a fort. Huh. I know. I, I just I googled that randomly on uh, Saturday. So, um, well, that was uh, our. That was talking. A interesting tidbit. Yeah, that was talking Nebraska and 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 Wisconsin. Some fun Big Ten football talk there. Let's get to Big uh, Twelve. Lock the under. Let's get to the. Just I, I love this conference, honestly. Now, I I love it. I love watching it. Hate picking it because I can't I can't predict this to save my life, honestly. But um, I'm gonna start out Kansas at West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia's crawled into the top ten, uh, favored by twenty eight and a half. I it, Kansas is just kind of done. I don't think there's much to say here. I think West Virginia pounds them. I think they cover. Yeah, I think West Virginia by forty. Tell all the people that listen and think that, oh, Jameson's such a big Kansas man. No, I was big on them to win two games. They won their two games. Weekly Hop reminder. Off. The week Hop off. The weekly Kansas reminder that he is he's no longer he was only here he was only here for the uh, early er, the early game. He's I, I sold my stock at the right time and Bobby last week texted me whenever the OSU note comes out that with Jalen McCluskey and how everything's going bad. <laughs> And big, big on the KU line. I, yeah, big no, because all line. they had like a bunch of like receivers. I was like, KU money line, KU money line. <laughs> no, 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 no. OSU still covered last week. That was honest. And this is they covered the spread. OSU did versus Kansas. They won by twenty eight. Versus, and they were playing with horrible off the field issues at the time. Yeah. OSU won by twenty eight versus Kansas. West Virginia plays them twenty eight and a half point line. In Morgantown, are you telling me West Virginia can't score one more point than OSU did last week? Exactly, it does not make any sense. Well, did you see the the, the dirty little Gundy cover at the end? Oh my god! He just gosh. He, he, he had just no remorse for him. He just oh. went for the throat. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I think we both agree West Virginia's gonna roll. So next up, this is a tricky. These are two tricky teams to put. Well, one of them's tricky. The other one gave us some issues. Oh. Iowa State at number. Number 25 OSU, right? Aren't they ranked? Oh my gosh. I, How are they ranked? Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, did the did I, the voters just get bored and put them in? Corn Doggy actually, some of was pretty decent. Oh, it was versus geez. Kansas, so let's not get anything there. Well, Iowa State, 
Iowa State, I don't know what the what to think of them. I guess I guess they're just here to make everyone's life really, really annoying and cover, which actually that, that was my cover pick. And they've they've covered every Big Twelve game so far. Um cover against TCU just made that one a frustrating one for them. Never were, was really in it. Um OSU's favored by eleven. I like the Cyclones to cover here. I, I don't even know. I, I don't think they're going to win. I just I think it's going to be an ugly, sloppy game. Uh, Corn Dog is just he's bad. Corn but. yeah, Corn Doggy is <laughs> he, he he isn't the best. Uh, don't get me wrong. But one thing I he's not like, Fletcher's. Yeah, no, uh-uh. he's he's the off brand <laughs> no, Corn Dog no. that you yes accidentally buy at the no, fair. It is just the it's the State Fair fan where it just says Corn Dog. Yeah, I see if, people if, getting that. It's like who are the, you? And they're like, wow, I got a Texas this Texas State no, Fair no, Corn Dog no. is good. I'm like, no, you are uninformed. Yeah, you stand in your 20 minute line to get your Fletcher's Corn Dog. Exactly. But, uh, but uh, aside from that, uh, Corn Doggy. Actually played somewhat decent versus Kansas, and one thing I really did like uh, versus for OSU last week is Justice Hill actually like their first drive like they pounded it to him like they gave it to him they ran down the field easy, and when you give Justice Hill the ball, one of the best backs in the country to be honest, one of the best backs in Big Twelve. Uh, I mean, could you say Justice Hill's probably the best back in the Big Twelve? I think that's I think that's an easy call. Yeah, I like Justice Hill a lot, but uh, he I mean. Iowa State, Zeb Nolan had 79 passing yards last week. <laughs> oh I'm going to say this again. How had, bad is Kyle Kemp? He had 79. 79? <laughs> so there, there's something ain't right there. And OSU amidst off seat, I mean, um, off-the-field issues, still covered the spread versus Kansas last week. Uh, things will begin to simmer as Gundy should lay off on the media. Just, did, you, uh, did you see the uh, his... Um, uh, call got hacked. Yes, yes, oh, I it was did beautiful. See that. Yes. It was wonderful. Check it out if you haven't. <laughs> no, it's it's pretty funny. But uh, he, uh, he he's gonna lay back, and all these issues are gonna be old news. Uh, OSU eleven points versus a team that just threw for seventy nine yards. I feel pretty good with. Uh, I was pretty uh, low on OSU, then I became high on them, and then they plummeted, and now they're back doing decent again. Uh, give me OSU minus eleven. I expect this line to go down. Yeah, with it time. probably will. And I, I bet you it might get closer to Iowa State, like minus eight. Uh, but I like OSU still. Give me OSU. I think we're about to enter just a revolving door of OSU and Texas Tech just swapping spots in the late like late twenties. It, it it I just it, it happens every other year. I think it's gonna happen this year. Moving on to our last pick, which I don't know why I saved this one for last. This isn't glamorous at all. Uh, K State at Baylor. Uh, we still got OU Texas. It, well, yeah, we're gonna save that for our, our OU Texas pod. Okay, so that's fine. Gotta wait a little longer for that. K State at Baylor. Um, I thought Baylor looked really impressive. Well, it, impressive in the sense that they were playing OU and won one game last year. But I thought they looked impressive. Kansas State also kind of did. They kept it close against Texas, which was, I knew was going to happen. It was nineteen to zero, and Texas just took their foot off the gas and just let them back into it. I saw the score on the jumbo trying to go great. Texas doing what they need to do, and then I saw nineteen to fourteen. You got to be kidding me! Just man. typical Texas. K State, K State's really pissing me off. I am telling you, if you guys read my write up on Friday, I'll give you a little sneak peek <sighs> of of what I've said. Uh, you know, screw it. I'll just read it to y'all here. What I have. The Martingale roulette strategy is when you pick a color, red or black, and every spin, in t- and you do that every spin until you win. Yeah. And when you lose, you double your wager each time to ensure you come out with a profit. With K State, though, I've pretty much 
picked and kind of changed things up and I keep losing. So what I'm going to do until I win is I'm just going to pick one thing and roll with it until I win. And I'm just going to pick against K-State's spread every single week I can. I think that's a good strategy, <laughs> honestly. You really keep letting you down, man. So I... Are you going? So I guess you're going. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. going Baylor minus five. I actually like it. Like all things aside, I like what they showed. My boy Denzel Mims and Jalen Hurd did really well last week. Jalen Hurd had a good five star out showing. Showed why he has the talent. They're using him all across the field. They're actually utilizing him, which many teams fail to do with their star players. They're putting him in all places on the different sides of the field. They're putting him in the backfield. Putting him in the wide receiver. Uh, and Brewer is a tough kid. I really like it. Their offense is great. K-State's offense is nothing. Can you tell me that Baylor can at least put up 20-something points? Because I don't think K-State can put up more than 14. No, I think I think Kansas State's offense is just awful. That, that was that was probably a whiff to, to just one of the best, biggest whiffs of all time, having them third in my preseason. They're awful. K-State's bad. Um, Baylor, I think, actually has, has somewhat of an upside. I think this is a game they win. I think they easily cover five. I'm going with the Bears. Um, so that ends... Our uh, standard, our kind of standard procedure for uh, for week six. Uh, tune in soon. We got we got the uh, OU Texas special. A lot of fun stuff coming up there. Um, that'll be up in the next couple days. Yeah, and you can listen to us on the way down to Dallas. Um, this was a pretty decently long podcast, and we got another one coming up. That's gonna hunt take. We'll probably take out about two or your three, four hours on exactly. your trip down. So yeah, there you go. You you won't have to. Well, have to listen to EDM or something on the way down. I don't know, or I get, or I guess uh, sports animal. I'll listen to sports animal. Listen, listen to the sports animal until you reach the uh, the mountains and you start losing your coverage. And don't switch over to their AM radio and you just switch to your aux and just put exactly. Us on. We we wanted to give you like if you, if you listen to listen to the podcast early, you're like, oh, I'm not gonna re- don't want to re-listen to the podcast. Well, now you have a, a specific OU Texas driving pod, so. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, feel free to donate to our pa- Patreon if you like what we do. Uh, so, uh, like, subscribe, five stars. We are a five-star pod. Uh, thank God. <laughs> we will see you in a couple days. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening.